Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. This ain't nothing but a Jeep bang, baby. Two low death G's, so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to face this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm allowed well, to well, well. From a young What is it, Snoop Dogg or Snoop Doggy Dogg? Which one, Justin Ellick, who's in the dog pound with Snoop Doggy Dogg or Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart? By the way, Martha Stewart went away for perjury rap for insider trading information. Imagine this, the FBI asked you questions, they already had the answers. Whenever they ask you questions, they already know the answers. This is just one of many tips that I give you on the most powerful radio station by day, WABC, and the most powerful in the world by night. When the FBI asks you questions, you paying attention out there? They already know the answers. It's called a perjury trap. Perjury trap. So now let's go back with uh, Martha Stewart before she hooked up with Snoop Dogg and got a secondary high every time she was doing a TV program with him. She was asked questions about insider trading information live. FBI agent said, let's swear out an arrest. And the FBI director said, nah, it's Martha Stewart. You know what? Why don't you tell her you caught her in a lie? Ask her again. Let's see if she can rectify it. And damn, wrong way, Lou Rufino, she lied a second time. Now, I don't know if it's because she's Polish or what, but the point is she went to jail and should have spent more time in jail. And then she hooks up with a guy who should have been doing time in Folsom or San Quentin by having done a drive-by shooting and killing somebody in a Long Beach park in California years and years ago when he was making his bones with Dr. Dre as a crip. So uh, it was a full-scale trial, jury trial. All the witnesses, uh, Justin, same thing when Sean Puff's Daddy Combs was on trial for shooting up that nightclub and shine. The, uh, his protege took the rap for 10 years upstate. The son of the prime minister believes. Well, Snoop Dogg didn't have anyone to take the rap, but all the witnesses all of a sudden uh, said that they were... Confused by the fog of uh, and the plume of smoke, what they thought was uh, Snoop Dogg doing a drive-by was in fact probably somebody else. So they exonerated him. So he should have been in jail. Martha Stewart should have been in jail. Instead, they have a program in which they do puff puff pass. But Snoop Dogg shocked the world the other day when he said he would give up smoking. And cannabis stocks hit rock bottom on Wall Street, including Mike Tyson's. You know, he's got his own brand. He's got his own pedigree. He was going to be losing millions. He went nuts. He said, where's Snoop Dogg? I want to choke the life out of him. And it turns out, psych! As most people knew, that Snoop Dogg was not going to give up smoking herb. 
or using any of the ancillary products, marijuana. In fact, he was just promoting a fire pit. Now, I don't know if a fire pit is sort of like, uh, what can we call it, a grill? Remember the George Foreman grill? How he went from likable as heavyweight champion when he went to job jail from Houston, won the gold medal at the Olympic Games in boxing, then became the heel against Muhammad Ali, then came back and all of a sudden he was the good guy and everybody everybody loved George Foreman in the grill. I would think that the grill is another form of a fire pit or maybe when you go to a Hindu temple and they do the fire ceremony, how crazy that is when I traveled all throughout India. I went from Bombay to Madras to Pondicherry and we would stop at various Hindu temples or you would see a monkeys fornicating with one another on the outside and inside fake monks who would do the fire ceremony for North Americans from Canada and America and from Europe. And these same people who would not want to be in proximity to you if you were smoking a cigarette were more than happy to inhale the carcinogen smoke in what they called a cleansing experience, which was just a ripple. So that's why I mention that. But also, I mention it because... The growing number of illegal weed shops under the guise of being smoke shops grows every day. By my count, there are more than 2,000 now throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York. They're in the surrounding suburbs. They're throughout the tri-state area, obviously not as voluminous as they are in New York City, where there is absolutely no enforcement at all. It's a lawless city now. You could do anything. Uh, you could go up to a landlord, and this is how it works. A Yemenite guy he has a bodega, has a relationship with a landlord. So on the corner, he's got his bodega, and he says to the landlord, I tell you what, we want to sell some weed in a smoke shop, you know, untaxed cigarettes also, a whole bunch of other products, vaping products. We'll pay, we'll pay cash for the facility, you know, lease it month to month, rent it month to month, Cash and carry. And, you know, if there's any kind of problems, then we just close shop. And with all the uh, empty mom-and-pop brick-and-mortar shops, uh, not just Yemenites, but a whole bunch of others who uh, know landlords, some of whom have an entire ground floor empty from street to street, and they're making money hand over fist. And the city of New York says through... the sheriff's department that is not law enforcement. Uh, they got a guy there who runs the sheriff's department. I got to tell you, <laughs> what a crook. Recommended by Hiram Montserrat, who was a former city councilman, state senator, went to jail for stealing from a nonprofit uh, firm. So the sheriff comes in and they make a, a number of uh, uh, confiscations, I'll call it. And they do it with TV cameras, and the assumption is is that they're closing down these weed shops, these smoke shops. When, in fact, it's all for the cameras. Within 48 hours, they're up and running again. There's no padlocking. Police are not involved. It is an absolute joke. All these illegal weed shops are encroaching on the money that is made on the very few legal weed shops uh, that are state-licensed. Only like 13 now in the city, 29 in the state of New York, and there are thousands from Buffalo to Brooklyn that are illegal. 
Now, the city council recently, you know, the, the, their concept is just pass laws, more laws, more laws. Instead of just saying precinct to precinct, the cops should go into the illegal weed shops, the smoke shops, seize all the contraband, and lock up the premises. That's it. And make arrests where necessary, write tickets where necessary, but shut it down. They won't let the police do that. They don't trust the police, but they trust the sheriff's department. Again, not a law enforcement agency. It's a revenue-generating agency. So now they're going to try something else. The city council has enacted a law that permits fines to landlords knowingly renting their property for use as an illegal smoke shop. However, the landlord can avoid these fines by having a lawyer write an eviction letter and begin the eviction process. There's no way to monitor how aggressive the landlord and the eviction status is going to be. A simple letter and the start of the eviction process insulates the landlord while business continues. More puff, puff, pass, more smoking blunts. And remember, these illegal pot shops, these weed shops, sell their product at a much less rate of sale than the few legal sites. They don't need you to show an ID. A kid can walk in there and buy weed or gummies or the ancillary uh, marijuana products. And uh, they don't pay taxes. So the whole idea was you legalize it, you tax it, you take the money out of organized crime, street gangs, and the underground economy. Well, all this has done is created more of an underground economy. So tonight I'm addressing this issue in one of many communities that I've dealt with this in all five boroughs at a crime and uh, grime session that'll take place at Spencer Estate. Country Club residents will be there. It's their civic organization. The 45th Precinct will be there at the Living Manor Church, 1550 Research Avenue in the Bronx. Once you come by, you can join great civic organization. And uh, th- I'll explain how you get things done. Because if you're going to wait for the inept state legislature, if you're going to wait for the city council that passes laws that do nothing, if you're going to wait for this mayor who loves to sample the product, as he says, and nightlife, and nothing's going to get done. And if you're putting all your chips on the crooked sheriff, you just ask yourself how many payoffs are there to the deputy sheriff. And the next time you see a sheriff or a deputy sheriff for the city of New York, go up to him and ask him, when you seize the contraband from these illegal weed shops, these smoke shops, those are also untaxed cigarettes, vape products, ancillary uh, uh, weed products, where do you store them? I always ask him, tell me the warehouse. And you know what they tell me? Mind your own business, Curtis, because I know what happens. They get recycled back out into the streets, and everybody makes more money, more money, more money. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read.
great doo-wop, acapella, and it is so poignant to what we are going to discuss. This is a double disgrazia, a double chanda. And I hold Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, completely responsible for giving everything to the illegal aliens and nothing to American citizens. As I said uh, yesterday and this morning, as uh, I appear with Sid every Monday through Fridays at 7.05, the Coney Island Guardian Angels, Crazy Jay who leads them, are looking after Yolanda Mendoza. She's 22 years old and she is nine months pregnant. She's originally from Florida. She was staying in a shelter in New York City until she and others were removed to make room for more illegal aliens. How many times have we heard that? She was able to stay in the shelter for a while as she could speak Spanish and served as a translator to help shelter staff. She now sleeps at night behind the B-32 bus. There's a little area there. And by day, like now, sleeps under the scaffolding across the street from Nathan's. The old Half Moon uh, Motel Hotel, where Abe Rellis proved that human beings cannot fly when he was under protection by the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. And apparently uh, some folks threw him out the window. Because he was writing out uh, members of Murder Incorporated, Lefke and Gura. But let me not digress. You got to ask yourself. This is a woman, 22 years old, nine months pregnant. Go to my Facebook page, Curtis Lewa. Go to my Twitter page. Go to my Instagram page. You will see her. Nine months pregnant. You will see the scaffolding she stays under. This is absolutely disgraceful. So Eric Adams is in the midst of his uh, once-a-week press conference in which he takes off-topic questions because he can't handle them in the course of a normal day. He has a a problem now remembering what lie he just said, so he does it once a week. And you got to say, he said, why is the city cutting resources for women like Yolanda, American citizens, pregnant, nine months, any minute, She will birth her child when a pregnant migrant woman who we don't even know would be provided with a hotel room and all the ancillary services that we, the taxpayers, would afford her. This is disgraceful. In fact, um, let's uh, jump to cue here. Um, Yesterday, Eric Adams was just a few blocks away. He was in the gymnasium of Abraham Lincoln High School, which is right off of uh, Ocean Parkway, the entrance to the Bell Parkway across from Coney Island Hospital. Uh, Stefan Marbury went in the gym. You could see all the pendants uh, hanging from the ceiling of all the city PSAL and state championships they won. And he was conducting a town hall meeting. He brought like half a city hall down there. They said nothing. And then, uh, if we can, uh, come in with number 10, because during uh, this town hall meeting, he says he drives around every night looking for homeless to help. Eric Adams says he does. You believe that bull feathers uh, stuff? I drive around at night, 1 a.m. in the morning, looking for um, 
encampments, people sleeping on the street. And I send the pictures to the deputy mayor at Department of Sanitation. In January of 2022, February, March, April, it was easy for me to find the encampments. Now I have to search for them. You have to search for them. Hey, jerky boy, you were like 10 blocks away from Yolanda. Yolanda Mendoza, nine months pregnant, 22 years old. She's right there in an encampment underneath the scaffolding across the street from Nathan's Famous, right by Stillwell Avenue and Coney Island. Not difficult to find. Just about 10 blocks from where you were last night. Could you play that cut again? Because I don't believe anything this guy says. He drives around at night looking for encampments. It's right there. Go there now. Send your staff there now. Send somebody from the Department of Homeless Services. Send somebody from Coney Island Hospital, which is just like 20 blocks away. Do something. I drive around at night, 1 a.m. in the morning, looking for um, encampments. People sleeping on the street. And I send the pictures to the deputy mayor at Department of Sanitation. In January of 2022, February, March, April, it was easy for me to find the encampments. Now I have to search for them. No, 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 no. It's so easy to find them, jerky boy. There is no respect left for you. You just lie constantly. Go to the Facebook page. Go to the Twitter page. Go to my Instagram page. You will see Yolanda Mendoza, 22 years old, nine months pregnant, and she's been living in the streets for weeks. Right there, across the street from Nathan's Famous. Not hard to find Mayor Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. What a pathological liar he is. And some of you guys just like, oh, he's trying. Yeah, he's trying to BS you. Listen to what else he said about how he can't find anybody sleeping in the streets. Really? Deputy Mayor Ann Williams-Ison, 142,000 migrants and asylum seekers have entered the city. Not one child slept on the streets of the city of New York. Not one child slept in the city. Oh, migrants. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, excuse me, of course not. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry, you, you cut there. Uh, uh, absolutely correct. Migrants get everything, illegal aliens. They get um, hotel accommodations, $400 a night. They get uh, culturally appropriate food, con arroz, habitrales, beans and rice. You want a chuleta, you'll put that on top. Mangu, mafungo. Uh oh, we'll order it, Grubhub. Yeah, the sucker taxpayers will pay for it. iPhone, smartphone, PlayStation, 72 inch plaza, full color TV. Oh, of course. Could I, could I hear that again? Because I, I, I want to, I want to apologize to you, Justin. I thought he was saying it about Americans, our fellow Americans, because they're sleeping in the street everywhere here. Deputy Mayor Ann Williams Ison. 142,000 migrants and asylum seekers have entered the city. Not one child slept on the streets of the city of New York. No, oh, you schmuck, you putz. How come you never say Americans? How come you never say our citizens? How come you never say our children, those who are citizens, young adults, the elderly, veterans, idiot, veterans, mostly African-Americans, the very people who elected you? 
that you have a responsibility to because without them, you wouldn't be mayor. So you push them to the back of the line. What is it? You can't see them out there? Your obsession is migrants, migrants, migrants. Oh, boy. And then he's talking about how this migrant uh, situation, the illegal alien invasion, is actually an opportunity. We have to clean sheets for all of our asylum seekers and hercs. These are multi-million dollar contracts. We have to feed people. Multi-million dollar contracts. We have to clean places. Multi-million dollar contracts. Let me see. When you say contract, I say kickback. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Now, what is this obsession, ladies and gentlemen, he has about cleaning the sheets? He keeps saying this. Like we have to launder their products in their hotel room that we pay for $400 a night. You think they could wash their own uh, sheets in the bathtub, then hang them up? You know what you do in prison? I know most of you haven't been in jail or prison. I've, I've had a few tours, uh, Justin Ellick. I've been locked up 80 times, sometimes briefly, sometimes for a week, sometimes more. You do your own laundry. You know how you do that uh, wrong way, Lou Rufino? You, you put it in the turlet and you keep flushing and you got the soap and you wash it and then you wring it, you hand wring it. And then you put it up in your cell. Now, they're not going to let you cover the cell because then the CEO, the screws, uh, whoever is on patrol is going to tell you, hey, you can't block the cell. I got to be able to look in, make sure there's no hanky-panky going on. Like all of a sudden you got a Maytag in there and you're getting pleasurized or you're doing something illegal or you're hanging yourself or you're choking or you're not in your cell. Somehow you escaped. So the point is you can do that. Can I hear again what, what, this obsession that he has with sheets washing? We have to wash their sheets. We have to launder their sheets. We have to send them out. Launder them. Maybe put bounty a fabric softener in it. A fold them. Maybe iron them too and then return them. You know, in a duffel bag. This is crazy. We have to clean sheets for all of our asylum seekers and hercs. These are multi-million dollar contracts. We have to feed people. Multi-million dollar contracts. We have to clean places. Multi-million dollar contracts. Why can't they clean the places themselves? You ever hear of sweat equity? We're going to give you uh, three hots and a cot, but you're going to be responsible for keeping your room clean, the hallway clean, uh, the surrounding area clean. You're going to have to go outside. They're hanging all over 8th Avenue, 42nd Street, all these single, able-bodied young men of military age with nothing to do and nowhere to go, illegal aliens. They got the mopeds. They got the, uh, they got all the motorized vehicles, no license, no registration, illegal. How about a little sweat equity? How about you got to clean up the street? You know how, how dirty the streets are? You're an illegal alien here. We're paying for you to be here. How about showing some gratefulness instead of all of a sudden, we got to do everything for you. And I don't even think this is the illegal aliens. This is Eric Adams. You know, oh, they're going to be grateful to me to life. And then all of a sudden, an African-American parent stood up 
You finally let them speak. That's what a town hall meeting is about. And it had to do with his cockamamie suggestion that he's not going to hire any more school safety agents, but he wants parents to fulfill that role. And parent Lakeisha told him, that's crazy. Good evening. My name is Lakeisha Bowers, and I am the parent advocate for District 21. So we discussed at the table about your budgets to education, and we also heard you mention about the parents being volunteers for uh, school safety and crossing guards. Unfortunately, I think that would bring more harm than good to the schools. One, if you pull a data, we can't even get parents to come out for PTA meetings or open school. So to get them to come out and volunteer would be definitely more dangerous than anything. So we're just asking if you can please, please revisit the data, revisit the budget, um, and bring our agents back. Oh, so right. What would he know? He's too busy, you know, sampling the nightlife. PTA meetings, you know how difficult it is to actually get parents to participate? Uh, open school night. You know how in some schools nobody shows up for the kids? Imagine how depressing that is for the kids. Like, nobody loves me. Nobody even comes in to talk to my teacher about me. Not even an older brother, an older sister, an aunt, an uncle. Nobody. Talk about lack of self-esteem at that point. And he wants those parents to go out there and be school safety agents, knowing that some of those kids have nine millimeters, have knives, and are enemies of society. How stupid is that? And you thought he was the street smart guy. You thought he was the law and order mayor. Man, that parent, Lakeisha, gave him an attitudinal readjustment, and he had nothing to say last night in Lincoln High School. And by the way, I know you listen at City Hall. Why don't you do something for... Yolanda Mendoza, 22 years old, nine months pregnant, living in the streets, across the street from Nathan's famous Coney Island, Stillwell Avenue. How about taking care of Americans in need instead of always, always with our money, taking care of illegal aliens? That ain't happening when I'm around there, that's for sure. You know that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Close. Hang on to 
Wow, this is a Neil Diamond song. I never play Neil Diamond. But it's appropriate. It is the theme song for our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis. Great talk show host in his own right, hosting the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with his guests and Rita Cosby, and then his interviews with the newsmakers Sunday morning, 8 to 10. He is making news himself. Breaking news, WABC. Apparently, uh, John Katsimatidis, billionaire extraordinaire, has been in negotiations with emissaries of President Xi, dictator for life of Red China. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Belly slide into home uh, about bringing the pandas back to the United States, especially the Central Park Zoo, where, remember, recently Flacco, the owl, escaped and is on the prowl. Reason I mention that is as part of this Cold War that's been going on ever since we shot their red Chinese balloon down off of the coast of South Carolina. Uh, President Xi uh, decided to recall the pandas Mei Jiang and Tin Qian and Cub Zio Ki Ji from the Washington National Zoo. Likewise, they recalled the pandas that were on loan to the San Diego Zoo, the Memphis Zoo, uh, and previously uh, leaving just four pandas in Atlanta. So four pandas, and that's it. So John apparently later on today at a huge press conference that will be attended by the paparazzi, the BBC, of course, our own uh, international network, ABC, CBC in Canada, and, of course, Chinese television, Red China. Apparently he has made a deal in these very troubled times between us and Red China to bring pandas to Central Park. This had always been the uh, obsession of Congresswoman Caroline Maloney when she was um, on top of the world on the Upper East Side, and then they merged the congressional district of the whale, Gerald Nadler. He beat her in a primary, and she's teaching at Hunter College. So uh, John has picked up on this. And he will be announcing the results of his sit-down with the emissaries of President uh, Xi, dictator for life. Remember, they have a consulate over uh, on the east side, right on 34th Street, uh, on the west side of 34th Street, uh, across from NYU Hospital. And then they have the big embassy over on the west side, 42nd Street, right before you hit uh, the Circle Line cruise areas. Man, it ain't easy to get into those red Chinese embassies, I tell you that. But somehow, some way, apparently John has negotiated a deal in which he will be bringing pandas to uh, the Central Park Zoo and hoping that that will increase foot traffic throughout New York City because, let's face it, it's dead. It's dead. Uh, not just for the tourists but also to try to entice people to come in from the tri-state area. They're just not doing that any longer because of all the crime, all the grime, all the slime, uh, all the homeless and emotionally disturbed persons. And soon uh, the illegal aliens who will be roaming about because they're under order now of just 60 days that you can cop a squat at us to suck at taxpayers' expense. 
And then, supposedly, you got to find your own accommodations. So good work, John, and hopefully uh, we'll give you updates on that later.